This is the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show, where we're always learning how to make way more money while paying way less taxes. This is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of WealthAbility. And what if you could own assets that go up, way up in value, and never pay tax on them? So today, you're going to discover how to never pay tax on certain assets with amazing potential for gain. So today, I'm very excited to have a good friend of mine, uh, Dana Samuelson, who is uh, really the gold and silver guy that I go to. He's, he's the expert I rely on. Uh, we have email conversations. We, we, we talk about it. And uh, Dana, it is absolutely fantastic to have you on the WealthAbility Show today. Hi, Tom. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here with you, and uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. So, Dana, if you will, just give us a little of your background and, um, you know, why you should be talking about gold and silver and, and basically what you do for a living, who you do it with. I'm president of American Gold Exchange. We're located in Austin, Texas. I started American Gold Exchange in 1998. 20 years ago after being in the business for 18 years. So I've got almost 40 years in the business. This is all I do. Uh, I have a very vested interest in the price of gold because I have a large inventory. So it's something I watch uh, every day, trade, and I watch the factors that influence the price of gold. And what we do is we're a physical precious metals dealership Uh, We help people who are interested in owning physical precious metals make the right choices for uh, what they're trying to accomplish. We deal in modern bullion coins. Uh, We also deal in classic older U.S. $10 and $20 gold coins that were currency back in the day uh, when gold coins were money. And we also do a fairly healthy volume of older European gold coins uh, from the 1880s to the 1930s that are smaller trading size gold coins that don't have the collector premium that you might expect for coins that are old. Huh. Uh, that, that, that's interesting. So, so you do the numismatic as well as the, the bullion. We're going to focus um, on the bullion today and the, and the, the gold coins that are not, um, don't have collector value. And, and the reason we're going to do that is because we can't do what we want to do um, with the other coins. Okay, so we, we can't, uh, we don't get the same tax advantage with the collectors as we do with the bullion. So um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I am curious as to, you specialize in physical, why, um, I know a lot of people are always asking the question, why would you buy physical gold versus an, an ETF that is much easier to deal with, much easier to, to handle, I mean, obviously much easier to store, right? It's easier to store a, a certificate than it is to store, you know, very weighty heavy metals. Why, why the physical? Well, uh, physical precious metals is real, tangible wealth that you can hold in your hands. This is uh, uh, the most, uh, the safest and oldest trusted store of value in the world going back to, you know, three, 4,000 years. So physical precious metals are a way to have an asset in your hands that isn't simultaneously someone else's liability. ETFs 
are a good way to trade the precious metals markets cost-effectively if you think the price is going to rise or fall and you want to harness that, ETFs like GLD for gold or SLV for silver are an excellent way to cost-effectively uh, harness the markets on a trading aspect. But if you want to have gold and silver as uh, currency or uh, a way to transport wealth uh, or transfer wealth, uh, that's what physical precious metals are for. They're not quite as competitively traded uh, percentage-wise as ETFs are because you have to pay a mint to make a product. The integrity of the product has to be there. Uh, there's a manufacturing charge. It's not very much, but it's still not quite as tight as, uh, as you would see with an ETF or with a stock. I'm, I'm sitting here soaking this all in. And by the way, for our listeners, we have a, uh, a bonus um, that uh, I'll talk about more specifically later in the show. So keep listening. Uh, Dana is a wealth of knowledge. So you, you, mentioned, um, you mentioned that it is a store of value. So when you say that, it sounds like, well, you know, do I, do I buy this to make money or is this something that's more of a hedge for inflation? Well, it's, it's, it's both. Um, there are times in the, in the price cycle when gold makes an, an excellent investment. Right now, the price has been a little weaker because the U.S. economy has been strong. So over the last six months, the price has come down about 7 or 8%. Uh, the dollar has been strong. Um, so the, as an investment, it's a little weaker right this moment, uh, which actually makes it a good buy. But um, what gold really is for most people is a hedge against inflation or a hedge against uh, financial turmoil. It worked perfectly as that during the financial crisis. Gold went from, uh, in 2008, between $800 and $1,000 all the way up to 1900 by 2011 because there was a crisis of confidence in all paper assets. And stocks were hit, currencies were hit. That's what gold is really for. And if your people think about it this way, it's an insurance policy for the rest of your money. Most financial advisors will tell you having 5 to 10% of your assets in gold as a counterbalance against your traditional assets is a good hedge. And that's the way we look at it. If you have an insurance policy for your health or for your life or for your car or for your house, every six months or a year you've got to write another check as that policy expires. If you place a golden insurance policy into your financial asset package, you're always going to have 75 to maybe 125% of that premium in the form of physical gold, depending upon when you bought it in the price cycle and what's happening. So where are we now, do you think, in the price cycle? I know a lot of people go, well, it's coming down. Is it going to, go, uh, is it going to keep coming down is the big question. Um, and so, you know, is, is now, like you say, it's, it's a lot better time to buy than, than, you know, than a year ago when it was uh, considerably higher. Is it going to keep going down? What, where, do you see, where do you see it going? I mean, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but, you know, you mentioned that it fall, it, it's kind of contrary to how strong the dollar is. So, it, you know, I mean, you and your, your gold buddies, what are you, what are you talking about right now? <laughs> well, in the, in the big picture, um, gold is inversely correlated to the dollar, and the dollar is fundamentally influenced by the strength or weakness of the U.S. economy. And over the last couple of years, we've seen a, uh, a situation where the U.S. economy is stronger than the economies in Europe, uh, the Eurozone, 
Japan. Uh, China's been pretty good until this past uh, 6, 8, 12 months. It's been in a weakening phase. So the U.S. is clearly stronger. And we've turned in, in the second quarter of this year, the best GDP we've had since the summer of 2014. So the dollar has been stronger over the last couple of months, and that's helped to break gold from the trading range that it had been in for most of the last year uh, of 1275 to 1350 down to 1200. It's actually about 1190 right now. If you look at the bigger picture going back, um, you know, gold ran from $500 an ounce in 2004 all the way to 1900 in 2011. It's come back and corrected strongly as the U.S. economy improved starting in 2014 uh, and the Fed tightening by raising interest rates for the first time in December of 2015 to a low of 1050 to 1350 So that's a $300 price range, 1050 to 1350 And right now at 1200 we are right smack in the middle of that range, almost perfectly right in the middle of that range. Because there is so much debt in the world today that has been created over the last 10 years to help us come out of the Great Recession. Uh, governmental debt, private debt, has exploded from $97 trillion 10 years ago worldwide to $169 trillion today, a 70% increase in worldwide debt. I don't think the world is going to let gold get very cheap again. And in fact, I think the 1050 bottom we have in December 2015 is a really hard bottom. I think if gold was going to get weaker, it would do that now in this environment with the U.S. stronger and the dollar stronger, and we would see gold actually lower than it is today. The fact that it's holding in the middle of the big range it's been in for the last three or four years, to me, is a very positive sign. So this is a good dip to buy, actually, I think. Interesting. And, and you know, of course, we always talk about dollar cost averaging, right? So if you bought in the 1300 1350 range, that maybe now's the time to buy you know, so that you bring that, that average down of your, your average cost. Does that make sense? Yes. Anyone that wants to participate in this market, you know, it's an emotional market and an emotional choice for some people, but if you look at it rationally from a more of a trading aspect, cost, dollar cost averaging is really a smart way to go, to incrementally make steady purchases over a period of time with the amount of money that you want to invest. That helps you get the best cost per average that you're going to get, and it certainly would have helped people take advantage of this dip now. So one of the things that I like about physical gold is that you can buy one coin, right? So you can buy, a, you can buy one ounce of gold and, uh, or you can buy one ounce of silver. If you, you know, if you don't have enough money to buy an ounce of gold, you can buy an ounce of silver. And I, I like that because I, I like it for my kids, all right? So I'm, I'm starting them uh, with uh, gold coins right now. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. The other thing, of course, I get excited about, as you know, Dana, I always get excited about the tax side of it. So I, I want to talk just a, a few minutes about the tax side, which is I, I know more my specialty than yours. But the, the, the reality is, is that gold and silver, they're, they're an asset, a, a capital asset from a tax standpoint. They don't have the same tax consequences, though, that other capital assets have like stock like like stocks would have so when you when you sell instead of paying a 15 anywhere from a 15 to 20 percent rate you actually end up paying a 28 percent rate um, because there's a flat there's that flat capital gains rate for um, precious metals so this gives us an opportunity because you're not going to I mean you're not suggesting Dana are you that 
for physical gold that you're gonna you know you're gonna frequently buy and sell it right this is something you're gonna buy and hold for a very long period of time does that make sense yes most of the investors who deal with my firm are buy and hold investors some are traders um, that want to perhaps arbitrage one metal against another for example silver is just really cheap compared to gold right now we measure that by the gold to silver ratio which is at a at a high right now of over 80 to 1. So 80 parts silver equals 1 part gold. That is traditionally high. So we'll get some trading back and forth to take advantage of anomalies that develop in the market. But most investors that take physical possession keep it, and they are buy and hold investors in essence. So, so that leads to a tax opportunity because we have in the U.S. what we call a Roth IRA. Which, or a Roth 401k, which allows us to buy, invest in something within that IRA or 401k, and when we sell it or we recognize the gain, we realize the gain, we never pay tax. So I want you all well, to imagine and say I've got somebody from Texas on the, on, on the podcast, so now I'm saying y'all again, which I, is <laughs> two things I learned at the University of Texas other than taxes. I learned, I learned y'all, and I learned the plural of y'all, which everybody should know is all y'all. All y'all, yes, sir. It's, exactly. <laughs> See, that's how you know, that, that's how you confirm that somebody actually has lived in Texas. They actually know that it's all y'all. So when, 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 when y'all or all y'all are thinking about buying this, you know, gold or silver, and you're thinking, wow, what if it goes up to $10,000, which is always the range that people, you know, they always, I always hear gold and gold people put out $10,000. That's the, that's the number. Or for silver, it's $1,000. What if it goes up that, that much? Wow. I mean, you think about it. Now you've got between state and local taxes, I'm sorry, between state and federal taxes, you're going to pay tax of about a third. So it, it, let's say it went from, you know, 1200 to just double that, 2400 So you've doubled your money, but you really haven't doubled your money because you're going to pay a third of that increase, that $1,200. Uh, you're going to pay $400 in tax on that. So instead, you can buy it in your Roth IRA and, and, or, or in your Roth 401k. And the reason I bring up the bullion versus the... Uh, numismatic, the, the collectibles, is you can't put collectibles in an IRA. Okay? That's yeah, so, that's correct. So, so we, we want to put bullion, but we can put, we can put golden eagle, gold, gold eagles, we can put you know, real coins like that in, in an IRA. We can put it in um, 401k, and it's okay that it's physical gold. So all you do is you just have your IRA or your 401k actually buy the gold so you talk to your administrator, have them buy the gold or the silver from Dana, for example, and when when you do that, then you've got it titled. Now you're gonna you're gonna store it wherever you're gonna store it, right? And you know whether that's whether you trust the banks and you want to store it in a safe deposit box. I'm not sure I trust the banks more than I trust you know um, a, a private storage facility because banks are subject to so much regulation. Um, and you know, maybe it's, maybe, maybe you actually want that storage facility down the street that, you know, is, is not, is not that secure, but guess what? Nobody knows you've got gold in there. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think everybody has an idea of where to store their gold, but the reality is, is there's absolutely no issue with an IRA buying from you, right? Correct. That's correct. We do a, a lot of business with IRAs for that reason who are uh, either traditional IRAs where there are 
specialty custodians whose fees are good, or you can store yourself if you want. And what most people don't realize is $100,000 worth of gold is smaller than the average paperback novel in size. So finding a place to cubbyhole that that you feel safe and secure about is pretty easy to do. It yeah, doesn't take up much room, and that's why gold is popular as a wealth vehicle, because a small amount of it carries a lot of value. Yeah, yeah, $100,000 of silver, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a wheelbarrow full or more. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's a lot of silver. That's a lot, a lot of silver. What I like is a combination, because, of course, I'm thinking down the road, at some point, you may have to spend this money. You know, if you had a banking system collapse, then you would actually use your your money, you know, your gold and your silver to spend, but it's pretty hard to spend a an ounce of gold that's ten thousand dollars. What do you, how are you going to get change for that? Whereas an ounce of silver, you know, that's five hundred dollars, may be a lot easier to buy groceries with that five hundred dollar piece of silver. You know, there's another tax opportunity here that I don't think I rarely hear anybody talk about, and that is that a, a lot of our listeners are very charitably minded, so they're thinking about. Can I, you know, I want to give something to charity either now or when I die, and what, what can I do? And one of the great benefits of an appreciating asset that's a capital gain asset like gold and silver is when you, when you donate it. Now, Dana, do you think charities would be okay getting gold and silver? Oh, absolutely, and we have uh, some specific examples of that happening here locally in Austin over the last uh, 20 years we've been in business. We've had a couple of clients who've amassed portfolios of physical gold and have given it to their churches, uh, and we every once in a while one of the church officials will come in and liquidate a little bit to raise a little cash when they need it. Well, there you go. So, I mean, it's so easy to liquidate. I mean, there's always a buyer. And um, yes, I mean, you're not going to sell it at the same price you buy it. It's kind of like foreign exchange, right? You go, you go buy a euro, and it's not the same price as when you go to sell your euro a week later on the back into your vacation. And, and you have to remember that. This is a long-term situation. But the reality is, is if you donate that, so let's say it's gone from $1,200 to $10,000, that, that, that $8,800 of gain is not going to be taxed and and you're going to get a deduction for $10,000. So this is what people don't often think about when it comes to um, highly appreciating assets that, you know, let's say that you go, I, I don't want them in an IRA, I don't want that kind of restriction, or I, I, I've got a, I, I can't put that much into an IRA because I don't have that, that big of an IRA. So you, wanna, you, you have some personally, you can think about this as, okay, but maybe this is something that down the road, Maybe this is something when I get a little older and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm secure or it's really gone up in value that I want to gift to a charity, to the charitable causes. I, I actually think the idea of paying tithing with a gold coin, frankly, makes a lot of sense to me. I agree. I didn't realize the tax benefits that you just explained, which is why your podcast is so successful, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, but, but it, I, I just think that, you know, what a nice idea. And then here's another thing, by the way, just to throw out one more idea here. Let's say that you, it, it goes up to, let's say you get a spike, like we got that spike to 1900. Let's say we get another spike to like 1900, 2000, something like that. Let's say we have the next, you know, the next big, big crash, which people are anticipating is going to come in the next couple of years. Let's say we have that and gold goes up to that $2,000. Well, we can actually 
at that point give the gold in trust and we actually give it to the charity and we can give it to them in the future. So we can actually donate it now, get the charitable deduction now based on the current value, but not actually turn over the gold until we die. And that's what's called a, a charitable remainder trust. People don't typically think about it with gold and silver, but it is something where you, and, and then if you, if you need it, let's say you want to trade against it like an Andy Tanner. I know you know Andy, uh, Dana, Andy, Andy Tanner would talk about, well, look, why don't you write options against it? You, you're, it's a, you can do a covered call with, with the, the physical gold you have, just like you can do a covered call with, with an ETF. So you can do a covered call there, and you just you, you, you write that option. You're making money on the option. If you ever have to deliver, you'd, deliver the phys, you know, you'd, you'd have to deliver the physical gold, but you'd actually have it there, and you'd have access to that, even though you've got a charitable donation because you've given it to the charity for when you die. That's brilliant, Tom. That's just brilliant. So I, I just think, you know, I'm always looking for <laughs> what can I do to keep control of my assets, right? What, how can I keep control of my assets, still use my assets, and get a tax benefit? And, and these are just a couple of things that you can do. So um, I, I just think, I, I personally, I, you know, I'm not a financial advisor. I will say, though, say that I like the idea of gold and silver just because and like you say, I mean, it's not something you want to put your whole portfolio in. But the reality is, is that if you look at um, wealthy families throughout the centuries, how have they maintained, how have they passed on their wealth? And typically, they say they've passed it on in three ways. They've had, they pass it on through real estate. They pass it on through art, museum quality art. And they pass it on through gold and silver. So it, you, you really want to think about your legacy. You want to think about something, uh, like, like Dana says, a store of value. Dana, once again, give, give us your uh, company, your company name, and how to contact you. Our company is American Gold Exchange. Our website, which is full of information, uh, transparent pricing, and our uh, general email box is info at amrgold.com. I have I've dealt with Dana before, and... It, it's never, never high pressure, and it's always, um, you know, I always appreciate the information. So th that, the, the type of advisors that I always look for and that I always recommend are people that will take the time and, you know, are really about explaining what's going on, finding out what's going on with you, and making sure it's a good fit, rather than saying, yeah, you need to buy, buy, buy right now because you never know when it's going to go back up, which, you know, we don't buy, we don't buy gold and silver because we're really worried about the price so much. We're buying gold and silver because we're worried about the economy as opposed to the price. So, you know, you, it's not something you have to track every day. It's something you pretty much can just forget about and think about. There's amazing tax benefits here. So thank you very much, Dana. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, one of the asset classes we, we like to talk about, of course, is the asset class of commodities, gold and silver are one of those, and, and they're a little they're, they're unique in the way they function as a store of value, the way they function as a hedge against inflation and against the economy, because um, we all know that the economies go up and economies come down, and so this is an opportunity. So just an idea to think about, talk about with your your tax 
advisor talk about with your 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 financial advisor and if you know if this is something that you want to think about think about how to own it not just not just to own it but how should i own this and how do i get the tax benefits that i want to get from gold and silver when you focus on how you're investing and you really look at the tax benefits and do it the right way you always are you're always going to make way more money while you're paying way less tax. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. As an additional thank you, I want to give a special gift just to our podcast listeners to help you jumpstart your journey to building massive wealth tax-free. This is a group of not just one, but five of my top educational resources on this topic. There are several amazing, helpful PDF downloads and two training videos. These resources are not available and we don't give them away anywhere else. So get these bonuses now. All you have to do is go to wealthability.com slash gift. That's wealthability.com forward slash G-I-F-T and get these gifts to jumpstart your wealth now. You've been listening to The Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.